Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this year's show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 14, The Right Way to Drink. So I'm looking in front of me and there's a pillowcase wrapped around a bottle-shaped object. Do you want to explain? So we decided ahead of time that the theme for this week's episode of Becoming Better would be alcohol. And so I, I figured this is probably one of the only times in my life that I will be able to uh, expense a full bottle of alcohol. And so I decided to get something good. Uh, so our, our listeners really benefit. This is on behalf of the listeners that I purchased uh, us this fine bottle of, of uh, wine for this evening. Oh, no, you bought something ridiculous, didn't you? A little bit. So so please, it's a, it's like an unboxing, but with a podcast and a pillowcase. Please remove the pillowcase to see what we will be drinking this fine evening. Oh, I'm not sophisticated enough to understand fancy wine. Okay, let me see. Now, would would you be <laughs> oh able to uh, paint a picture of words uh, for for the listeners? What uh, what bottle is before you? Uh, it's a girls' night out, very very bomba. Yeah, bomba. so we. Oh my God. I, I mean, so tacky. I, I I don't want to really lose any listeners because. You know, not to brag or anything, but we've been on our fair share of wine tours. We live in uh, the Prince Edward County region in Canada. And so uh, some people might not be familiar with this specific uh, vintage of wine. But the Very Berry Bomba is is known uh, all, all around the world. You ask any uh, any sommelier in any Michelin-starred restaurant, they will know what the Very Berry Bomba is. And so that's what we're drinking today. They'll know what it is because it's what you drink when you're 19 and you just got <laughs> you just became legal in Ontario. Um, but I mean, this is very tacky. But I, I think be this fun. one and a half liter bottle was nine dollars Canadian. I mean, that seems very expensive for yes. this kind of wine. So, but that'll be <laughs> that'll be good. Why don't you crack it open? We got a couple glasses here. Pour us a glass, and I'll uh, explain to our our very dear listeners what the a disclaimer that that we have here. Um, so. This is alcohol and not... Oh, why don't you open that? So, yeah, it's got a nice twist top. Yeah, a twist top. Oh, (laughs) there's nothing quite like the sound of a twist top bottle of wine being open. So, uh, a a quick disclaimer. Yeah, hold the microphone up to the glass as you pour it. Just to whet everybody's appetite. So, not everybody will be comfortable drinking and not... Not everybody even wants to drink. So this episode will not be for everyone, especially if you're under the legal drinking age, wherever you happen to be, come come revisit this episode in a few years. But since we covered caffeine a couple of episodes back, we thought it'd be fitting to chat about how alcohol helps and hurts us, given that it's one of the only other legal drugs, quote unquote, that that, uh, people interact with. But that said, None of this advice should serve as a substitute for real advice from a doctor. But if you have made the decision to indulge in the odd drink, this episode should be for you. Yeah, it's our stories about how alcohol affects us. Oh, this is this is very nice. What do you it taste notes of? It smells like blackberry because yes. it's basically juice. Um, <laughs> the alcohol percentage in this is probably like 2%. Yeah. Um, but now that we can, we've kind of gotten this 
disclosure out of the way that yeah. we're not experts, but I mean, we're still going to talk about our experiences well, especially with after alcohol. last week. Nobody's an expert. Yeah, nobody's yeah. an expert. That's what we learned from Kate. So yeah. um, maybe we can chat about the role that alcohol plays in our lives. So yeah. I know for me, I don't personally drink very much and only ever in social settings just because um, I have to admit, I don't really like the feeling that having a lot to drink gives me. Or I, yeah. I just don't like that feeling. So um, it definitely seems to be a glue that holds together a lot of social settings and Every time, I mean, I'm I'm totally going to admit a nice glass of wine or a nice glass of whiskey in the right setting is is super enjoyable. I will not ever deny that. Yeah. Um, I, I my dad and I have always enjoyed a glass of whiskey together, and that's something I really love. Yeah. But and you and I, we often have gin together, and that's something I really love doing with you. But whenever I really reflect on how much social occasions depend on alcohol, it makes me really uncomfortable. Mm. And I know just kind of the effect it has on my memory and and the way I feel when I'm drinking. I just don't like that feeling. So yeah. for me, as I've gotten older, especially I, my, my preference is just to been drinking less and less. So I, I go to a lot of social things and don't drink at all now. So yeah, that's just my preference now. And, and we can, cause you, you figured out some clever ways to, to dodge around that, that, that we can get to later in the podcast. Yeah. But I, I think I fall into the same category. I, I'm on the road 50, 60% of the time, traveling between hotel rooms, hopping on planes. And the fact of the matter is that's tiring to begin with, let alone if you have uh, you know, several glasses of very berry bomba every evening. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I like to stay away from it whenever. And sometimes it's very difficult to dodge those social situations, but, uh, but it, it is worth consuming deliberately and strategically and with intention as opposed to just when other people are and this is this is i think a central theme that we keep coming back to in the podcast is you know becoming better it's a process of taking ownership of your behavior and so often when we drink we allow our environment to dictate when we drink if we're in a group of people that are drinking we drink if we're in a bar we drink if we're in a social setting with so many of them involve drinking we drink. And so it's worth thinking, okay, is that the best thing to do? When is that the best thing to do? And when should we ease up a little bit? Yeah. And I think one big thing that I've noticed, at least people often feel anxious in social settings, especially that's like a very common form of anxiety. And I think it's very easy to kind of mask that with alcohol. Yeah. Um, and I'm feeling makes- anxious right now. And I'm after the first sip, I feel at ease for the first time, 14 episodes into this podcast. I finally feel comfortable. One sip of this tells me it's probably just a placebo, <laughs> but that's great. Um, but I think it seems to be kind of a crutch in a lot of social situations. Yeah. And that makes me really uncomfortable. But I mean, it also, it is a, a nice way to spend an evening with friends. I won't dispute that at yeah. all. So there's a balance here, right? It's it, it's easy to abuse it just like anything, um, but it also can make an, it can improve sittings too. So, um, but yeah, I think, when we talk about how it helps us, I think that's really your domain because you've done a lot of research into how you can use alcohol intentionally to yeah. to get more out of out of out of alcohol. Mostly to justify to myself uh, one more glass of very very bomba, but uh, but no, the, kidding aside, there there are some areas that alcohol can can help are not not productivity. You know, God help you if you have to focus on something after you've had a a glass or two of Chardonnay. But for creativity, the research really does show that it helps our creativity in some curious ways. Um, Alcohol works by making our mind a bit less 
inhibited, an effect that, that I'm sure so many of us are familiar with. And what this means in an idea-based context is our mind is uh, less likely to hold back with regard to the ideas that it generates. There was one study I recall uh, coming across when I was writing the, the last book, Hyperfocus, um, and I still remember the title of the study. Um, it was called Uncorking the Muse, How Alcohol Intoxication it. Facilitates Creative Problem Solving. And they gave people a bunch of tests and a laboratory study after essentially getting them a bit tipsy. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they gave people an amount of alcohol proportional to their body uh, weight. And so everybody had essentially the same alcohol intoxication. And those who were intoxicated in this study and in other studies that were conducted prior and after after this one uh, that further validated the effects, they solved significantly more uh, creative problems than, than everybody else. And in further brain scans on people that, that are under the influence um, and sampling studies show that our mind actually does wander more often when we're under the influence. And our mind wanders more, and so we come up with more ideas because it generates more ideas and it's wandering. But here's the curious thing. Well, our mind wanders more often, but at the same time, we become less aware of the fact that it's wandering in the first place. And so if you ever find yourself after having a few glasses of wine, maybe two or three glasses, you're feeling kind of kind of light, but that your mind wanders more often and takes you longer to catch it, this is exactly why. Because our mind wanders for longer, which comes up with more ideas, um, but it also does take us longer to get back on track. And so it's worth, and, and I love doing this with book outlines. If, I'm, if I have a book outline that I have in front of me, I want to bring some creativity to it. I want to form some uh, connections between the chapters. I'll have a glass of wine. I'll have two glasses of wine, but no more than that because my mind will wander too much. I'll get the, the creativity benefits, but none of the... Uh, or very few of the uh, negative effects of the substance. And so it's a way that you can use alcohol strategically in addition to, you know, having a bit more fun in social settings. You're out with colleagues, you're out with friends, you have some people over and you're playing board games for an evening. Um, you know, it's a great way to actually use it to accomplish more in, in your work and in your life. Huh. I never, I, so I know this is something you've written about. I've never personally tried that, but I mean, that sounds very compelling, right? Like if that is how your brain thinks about things when you've had consumed alcohol, that seems really interesting. But I think again, like it's one of those things that you'd have to balance, of course, because there's a, there's a threshold where if you start drinking a little bit more, all of a sudden your memory's gone and you don't remember any of the cool things you came up with. So, I mean, it's always going to be a balance, right? So yeah. I think that's just an important like side note about, about creativity side. Yeah, I, I don't know what the book outline would look like if I had five drinks instead of two. It'd probably look yeah. like Fifty Shades of Grey instead of Hyper... Maybe, I mean, Fifty maybe Shades of Grey thing. did really, really maybe well. Maybe we'd have a much bigger house. I don't want a bigger house. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Stick to two glasses. <laughs> so that's where it can help us. In, uh, you know, not as a social crutch, but as kind of an additive thing. If, if you're in a, an environment where people are drinking, everybody knows that. You don't need to listen to a podcast to hear that, but oh, it, yeah. it can help us creativity, creatively. creatively. 
Yeah. In and a I lot mean, of drinking is, is enjoyable. Alcohol is enjoyable. Going on wine tours with your family is one of my favorite memories of hanging out with your family. And when we did it with both of our families together, that was such a fun day. And yeah. it, it's something that we'll always remember. And drinking whiskey with my dad is something I'll always think about. And having a shot of absinthe on every birthday with my mom, that's another kind of memory that is a yeah. nice, it's a nice thing to just do. It's a nice ritual. Um, so I, I definitely think there's a lot of merit in, in having alcohol as part of like social rituals. That's yeah. a nice, a nice part of it. Yeah, it's a nice booster. In, in moderation. I in think moderation. that's the key here. So that covers the ways in which alcohol can make us more creative, lighten up a little bit and uh, have some fun. But there are I'm looking at the notes document for this episode. We have a few small paragraphs for how it can help us, but there are a few (laughs) more words for how it can uh, harm us. Why why don't you dig into that a little bit? Yeah. So I think everybody's aware of the downsides of drinking, whether or not you've drank firsthand or you've just seen it in your friends or your family or or even just the media. We all know that that is part of the trade-off with alcohol is it does make you a little less in control of your behavior or your your actions, right? So it lowers your inhibitions um, and in certain settings, that can be good, especially when you're trying to come up with a solution to a creative problem. Um, but it can also have a lot of really negative consequences, right? It, you can end up saying things you don't mean, doing embarrassing things in front of people. Um, and also even really potentially life-threatening things like mm. drinking and driving, which, yeah. is, um, which is just stupid. Of course. And I mean, this is just... When your inhibitions are lower, you can make stupid choices. And I think that's a really important thing. And these are all examples of things that just wouldn't really happen if you weren't drinking, right? So um, I think even I have friends of mine who have done things they wish they hadn't and stopped drinking entirely. So, I mean, this wouldn't happen in moderation, of course. I mean, and if you drink intelligently, you can avoid these kinds of things. But yeah. um, that is like with a big consequence. I mean, yes, it lowers your inhibitions, but that can come with a downside if to, to add an extreme. How do you make sure you drink in moderation? Do you have any strategies for doing that? Um, so I, I know myself, I try never to drink more than a drink an hour because I think mm. that's usually what they say takes. That's how long your body takes to um Metabolize. Metabolize. Yeah, metabolize uh, a drink. So that's normally my kind of gauge. I also just will nurse a drink for a very long time. And normally people don't even notice no, if you're they not don't. getting more and more drinks all night. People are so yeah. caught up in their own business, yeah. they don't notice that you've had the same glass of wine for three hours. Or if you just get sparkling water, oh. nobody notices. Right? Yeah, <laughs> if there's a lime in there, people yeah. assume sparkling there's vodka Sparkling water in with there. lime, it's, it's, it's a great option. So, and I know for me, I just, I, especially in a work environment, I really, really don't feel comfortable drinking. Yeah. Um, and so I'll usually stick to one glass of wine for pretty much the whole night. And you're in academia where... You you could probably drink every night of the week for free. I if mean, you not every to. night. I mean, I'm five I'm, out of seven nights. You probably no, no, could. no, no, not quite that many. But I mean, there are a lot of seminars in the, the in the department that I'm I'm part of, and um, after seminars, it's it's really great. We we all go out for drinks and and meet with the speakers. So you get a lot of one on one time with with um, guest speaker, speakers from all over the world and from departments mm. all over the place, which is awesome. But I don't want to be drinking in these settings all the time. And yeah. I mean, doing that two or three times a week, that would really add up to a lot of alcohol. And I, it's just not something I want to be doing regularly. Yeah. So in a lot of those settings, I know my kind of go-to is just, I'll say, oh, I have to do some work later in that night. And nobody ever questions it if you just say you have some work to get to later. So um, that's usually my workaround to to not drink too much. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and when you run down the list of the adverse effects of drinking alcohol, 
Um, it's we we were doing a bit of research. We and in in researching this here podcast episode, we were thinking, why the hell would anybody drink? You know, it's harmful to the <laughs> liver, your brain, your cardiovascular system. It increases your risk of cancer. Uh, it impairs your memory. It makes you gain weight. It compromises your sleep. It compromises how much energy you have. And it's just resounding. Yeah, it's certainly really, really compelling when you look at all of the negative consequences with drinking. And I think these are all things that I've become more and more aware of, even just in myself. I know just personally, if I look at, I have, we track both of our, we both track our sleep using sleep timer. Is that what it's called? Sleep cycle. Sleep cycle. Um, Sleep cycle. And you can have notes about when you've done certain things like working out or drinking caffeine or alcohol. And that's one of the notes in mind. And I know there's a significantly negative effect Mm. on my sleep quality every time I drink. Um, and that's even just one or two glasses of wine a couple wow. hours before bed. So it's pretty it's pretty noticeable even in my daily day life and things like gaining weight. I mean, even well, if- it, it, to, go, to go into the sleep point, Matthew Walker in his book, Why We Sleep, um, I, I was listening to it earlier today and he said, I, I can't think of any reason to drink. He said, uh, I, I recommend I can't in my right mind as a sleep doctor who studies this for a living um, I, I can't tell anybody to have even one drink. It compromises sleep that much. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and I, even just things like gaining weight. I know there have been a lot of times where I go long periods of time without drinking anything and I always lose weight, even though I'm not a big drinker in the times when I do drink. So, I mean, when you think of how many calories are in just one drink, I mean, in, you know, yeah. a shot of vodka, there's 65, but in a glass of wine or a can of beer, there's over 125 very, calories. Very, very bomba. There must be at least 300. Oh yeah. There's so much sugar in this, but um, I'm looking at the ingredient list. The first ingredient is wine. Thank God. Well, that's a good sign. The second ingredient, because there's more than one ingredient in, in uh, very, very bomba is water. The third is sugar. The fourth is natural flavors, Oof. then citric acid, then potassium sorbate. It's like sangria without, With having, chemicals. To, without having to make sangria by yourself. But yeah. I mean, when you think about how many drinks people have in a night at the bar with their friends, I mean, you're not drinking one beer, you're drinking like no. four or five beers, right? Um, so I mean, that just really adds up. And then it doesn't even account for all the 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 binge eating that usually comes with drinking because your inhibitions are so much lower. Like everybody I know has a story of when they went out to the bar and then ended up getting McDonald's or, I mean, this is really Canadian, but poutine after drinking, right? So, I mean, that's that's just part of, I mean, the culture around it is that you, you'll way over drink and then your inhibitions are lower and you're you're really air out really late and then you end up eating something that you just really regret. So, or... It, causes you to gain weight. So, I mean, that kind of repeated behavior just makes you gain a lot of weight without realizing it. Yeah. That, I think that that point on the culture is so critical too, is binge drinking is part of the culture of so many different places. Um, in school, I remember, uh, you know, way, way back in university residence, everybody drank and everybody drank too much. Yeah. And the intention was to, to drink to a point where you were no longer in control of yourself. And that's, yeah. Thinking back on that, that's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so that's, it's just, it's just scary that this is such a common trend. And I think, I I know for me, the big thing is memory impairment. Even after one or two drinks, I know my memory is just not as sharp as I I like it to be. And that makes me really uncomfortable. So this is a big reason why I've, I've really 
like lowered how much I drink. In mm. the, in, I mean, I've never had a lot to drink, but I'm almost at zero now. So, yeah. and that's really just because I really hate forgetting things and I'd, I'd like to be able to remember things clearly. So, um, and it just seems to have a, an immediate impact on my, my memory. So for me, this mm. was the big motivator to cut back on alcohol. I remember there was an experiment I conducted a, a long while back now to drink only water for one month. And so for one month, I cut out all the caffeine from my diet. I cut out all the sugary drinks, of which there weren't that many. Uh, and I cut out all the alcoholic drinks from my diet as well. And I noticed a lot of what you just said. I had more energy than I had had in years up to that point because caffeine wasn't hijacking my energy while alcohol pulled it down in the evening and it wasn't roller coastering because of that. I, I saved a ton of money because we spend so much money on on caffeinated and alcoholic drinks every single month. And I had more time too, because I'd wake up in the morning, especially Saturday or Sunday morning, and I'd wake up and it would be 7am and I'd spring out of bed and have a lot of energy. And I, I remember loving that experiment. And, and I remember how it changed the way I thought about caffeine and alcohol and, and different substances. And mainly those two. And I remember thinking about those two things differently. I started thinking of caffeine, drinking caffeine, by, as a way that we can borrow some energy from later on in the day. And, and so we inevitably crash, right? Our, our energy levels plummet once again. And so we have to repay that energy debt later on in the day, but we get to summon some energy from later on in the day to then and there. And alcohol is kind of similar, but instead of borrowing some energy from later on in the day, I started to view drinking alcohol as a way by which we borrow both energy and happiness from the following morning. And so (laughs) it's worth consuming strategically and deliberately and intentionally, and perhaps not too muchly because of all these adverse health effects and side effects that it can have, you know, not not gonna we're not gonna get on our our soap boxes on this podcast and tell you to stop drinking entirely. You know, it's your life. But the, these are things that have worked for us. We have more energy. We have more money. We have more time. We have more of a life because we drink less. And, and uh, when we do indulge, we indulge with intention. Yeah, I think the the money thing is a, a really nice little like bonus perk yeah. of not drinking. I know um, in the last couple of years, I've just. I, when my friends and I go out, I just have sparkling water instead. And at first I was really, really self-conscious about it because there is a lot of pressure around drinking when you go out for, to the bar or if you go to trivia with your friends. Um, it's just part of the process is you get a drink. But yeah. I mean, people don't really care if you get a sparkling water. No. I think I was really self-conscious about it when I'm like, oh, I'll just have a sparkling water with lime. And you know what? Nobody around me even cares. So, I mean, what I think... What do you say when people ask? Because I'm sure you're in so many situations where people do ask oh yeah i mean i mean that doesn't really happen that often Hmm. um and it might only happen once with the group and then it'll never happen again um but i think normally if people do ask oh why aren't you drinking i'll just say oh i have an early morning or i have Mm. to work late or i'll be totally honest i mean often that is true if i do want to work later in the night I, i that's often true but i i another good reason i just say is oh i i don't really feel like drinking tonight or something like that and people don't usually question it All right. So 
do we want to give a few things to try? I think we've mostly wrapped up all the major downsides, upsides, and then we can just kind of leave off on some things to try. Yeah. So some things to try. If you have a creative problem that you want to solve and, and, you know, you can't really crack it any other way. You want to relax a little bit. You want to let your mind wander a little bit. Uh, print it off. Print down the outline that uh, of the paper that you're writing, of the book that you're thinking of, uh, of the the report that you that you're stuck on, and have a glass of wine and, and sit down with it with just a pen. You might be surprised at the ideas that flow. But if you're not doing something creative, or you don't want alcohol to kind of boost a, a social thing and and have some more fun while you're at it, uh, try using those excuses. You know, I have to do some work later tonight. I have to. Uh, sorry, I have an early start tomorrow morning. That's the one that I usually do. And I mean, that's we're not even condoning lying here. I mean, no. having an early morning is. I mean, that's always the case. And it's 10 a.m. is early, isn't it? It's harder, to get, it's harder to get up in the morning when you have been drinking the night before. So yeah. that's just that's just a fact. But I, I mean, have trying doing a social occasion sober, I think, is um, a lot of people feel a lot of reluctance to do that, which mm-hmm. almost might be an indication that it should be something that people try. But yeah. every now and then just throwing in, oh, let's go to this party and not drink. That's... I the more I do it, the more I like doing it. Um, and it's a fun challenge for yourself too. So if you get invited to a party and you know people are going to drink, really observe the behavior of other people. You know, do people act differently because you have just a soda water with a lime in it? Do do people judge you? Do people try to push drinks on you? Usually, you'll you'll, you'll find the answers are no to yeah, all those questions. Sure. And it's a fun thing to observe. Uh, the social patterns of other people and it's a fun challenge can you get by without being noticed yeah no that's a a great little challenge to yourself so finishing up becomingbettershow.com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this episode we hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you in a couple of tuesdays So should we finish off saying how much we drink? Sure. I didn't even finish a glass. You know, I got through the first glass and I poured another and it's pretty disgusting, the very berry bomba, I must uh, say. It's pretty bad. It's so yeah. sweet. So sweet. It's, I couldn't even get I through a glass. I think we're going to have to dump the rest. Yep. But I mean, it's a nice uh, intro. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody.